Call the meeting of Monday, December the 12th, 2022, to order at 8.36 p.m. And we'll begin with our work session, discussion regarding Active Transportation Safety Action Plan. Mr. Bart Van Amberg. Good evening, Mayor and Council. So for the second time today, we're going to talk about transportation topics in a yes. work session. Uh, these two modes of transportation are what we re refer to as the active modes, pedestrian and bicycling. Earlier we talked about transit, um, all of which again combine to create a proper mobility plan for Mansfield. So we've, we've talked an awful lot about pedestrian and cycling activity and accommodations that we build into developments lately as we've been looking at more uh, high-intensity, mixed-use, urbanized, urbanized-style developments and the importance of these modes of transportation um, now but also into the future. Um, what, what, we, what we really have a need for is a comprehensive plan that takes a look at the, that takes a look at the inventory uh, that's, that's out there in our city now, what deficiencies might exist, uh, but a proper comp comprehensive plan moving forward for connectivity for pedestrians and bicycling, uh, not only in our parks and in our trail system, uh, but along all of our public rights of way and to uh, destinations such as the new developments that we're planning. Uh, safe routes to school is also a category that needs to be examined. We need to look at areas that are of safety concern right now in the intersection of these modes of transportation with vehicular transportation. Uh, in addition to that, we have an obligation uh, to have an, an ADA transition plan that takes a look at all of our existing pedestrian infrastructure from a compliance standpoint, and we need a plan that's developed to prioritize uh, what projects need to be done in order to, to bring all of that into compliance. So right now there is a grant that's available, Transportation Alternatives Grant, uh, that is being administered by TxDOT. And for the first time, this grant is available for planning projects. It has historically been for construction projects. And there's also a significant increase in available funding. So we think this is an excellent opportunity to create a plan that can give us action items in priority in great detail. Um, and I think that the timing is excellent, what with our parks department working on a transition plan for our park facilities, with our land use plan update being considered, um, with an update to our trail plan that was done recently by the park staff. But we need to uh, bring in the school sites, as Councilmember Lewis brought to everyone's attention a few months ago as a priority, um, and, and create a proper comprehensive plan for these modes of travel. Um, the grant we're talking about is an 80% grant, 20% city, and an application will be due towards the end of January. So we wanted to take the opportunity to, to inform council on all the details of what a plan like this would consider, uh, get feedback from council if you want to discuss elements of the scope so that we can have a proper resolution before council in January that gives us the authority to make an application for this grant. Um, we have Kimley Horn here with us to talk about uh, uh, plan development, um, a, a scope for that. 
Uh, Kimberly Horn does a lot of transportation work with the city and they have experts on these modes of transportation. So Monica Powell will be giving a presentation. Brian Schamberger is, is with her tonight to help answer questions. He's an expert on ADA transition planning and some of the safety elements. So with that, please welcome Kimberly Horn. Thank you, Bart. All right, well, I think Bart set it up very nicely, so I wanna be respectful of everyone's time, but um, yes, my name is Monica Powell. I am an urban planner with uh, Kimley Horn. I do mostly bicycle and pedestrian planning, as well as uh, safety and uh, other mobility master plans and comprehensive plans. Um, so as Bart mentioned, uh, we're just going to run through uh, some of the basics on the uh, Transportation Alternatives Grant as a whole um, and the opportunity that we feel that the City of Mansfield has to take advantage of this. So just a high-level overview, we're going to start by talking about the grant itself. We're going to move into the existing opportunities that are currently ongoing in the city as well as uh, other opportunities that we see coming down the line for this type of funding. Uh, we're going to go through, we're calling this the Active Transportation and Safety Plan, or ATSP, so we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. After that, uh, we'll move through a more detailed uh, discussion into how we feel that that scope could uh, work out for a plan of this size, and then uh, talk next steps in the process. Uh, so as Bart mentioned, the TA grant is administered by TxDOT this year. Uh, applications did open uh, on December 2nd, and they are due January 27th. That's for the preliminary application. Um, this funding category for active transportation plans is a new category, as Bart said. Uh, so this is a great opportunity to be able to get a multidisciplinary plan uh, such as this one, uh, get a huge amount of funding uh, provided for this. So uh, as he mentioned, 20% local match is the uh, percent if awarded. Um, yeah, and this is a, a, a program that's existed in the past. It usually rotates between NCT COG, uh, the regional organization, as, and then TxDOT. So this year, it is open with TxDOT. So existing opportunities uh, within the city, the future land use plan that was uh, approved tonight to get started, we feel that there is a really great opportunity here to uh, sync up these efforts as you uh, re-envision future land use within the city of Mansfield and you know, reimagine the growth that's happening. Uh, there's the mobility component to that as well that is uh, very important to uh, ensure that these new land uses are accompanied by walkable mobility practices, bikeable areas, as well as safe practices. So uh, we feel that this is a great opportunity to pair it with that effort. There's the Parks and Trails Master Plan that's currently ongoing. Um, that one is going to be obviously taking care of the trails component of the city, but what about within public rights of way? We wanna make sure that the roadways as well are linking up to those trails and providing con connectivity throughout the city. Uh, other opportunities, there's the 2014 Bicycle Master Plan. Uh, it's on street only, so we want to explore the whole network as a whole and not just on street bicycles. Um, it also has been some time since this plan was uh, you know, last looked at, so if we can do an update and take a more holistic look, it's a wonderful opportunity to do that with this grant. And then, you know, talking about future opportunities after this, uh, you know, we'd like to help you guys be set up for the Safe Streets for All, or SS4A is what we're calling it. The uh, Safety Action Plan is required for that grant. That's a federal opportunity. Uh, it just recently started. There's gonna be five years. Uh, so this is a wonderful opportunity to get that Safety Action Plan component uh, 
done. And uh, by the time that the application opens again in August, you'd be able to get uh, some really great funding for some large scale transformative projects from that. And then lastly, ADA transition plan. Um, the, the city of Mansfield currently does not have an ADA transition plan in place. So this would also be an opportunity to obtain funding for that. So we wanted to kind of show you guys about the different components that go into this plan. We really see it as a multidisciplinary plan with four main components. So, um, you know, we talked about the current opportunities that are feeding into this and, uh, you know, really making this the best time to uh, take on a plan such as this. So you have the bicycle master plan, you know, leads into a bicycle and pedestrian plan to be updated, to do more inventory, to take stock of the projects that have been completed since 2014, as well as plan for the future. Uh, ADA transition plan, I touched on that on the previous slide. The Parks and Trails Master Plan is covering ADA transition elements uh, at those facilities, so we should carry those efforts forward throughout the city as well to make sure that we're being system-wide with our approach. Uh, safety Action Plan, as I mentioned, the uh, Safe Streets and Roads for All grant uh, is requiring safety action plans in place. This is a great funding opportunity to be able to get some, it's $1 billion a year over five years. Uh, the first year just uh, concluded and um, you know we think that this is a great opportunity. However, the safety action plan is the requirement uh, for construction grants on that one. Uh, as well as just the uh, overall uh, culture with safety and TxDOT and the federal level, there are multiple funding opportunities besides the Street Suits for All, such as HSIP and uh, Safe Routes to School as well. And then lastly, with the, uh, you know, the, this plan would also involve policy updates. We think that that uh, pairs very well with the future land use plan uh, that's currently about to get started. So how can we complement those policy updates from the land use side uh, into the mobility side as well? And so all in all, um, you know, the, the main point we're trying to hammer in here is uh, all of these plans can be done individually, but by uh, tackling them all together at once, you'd be maximizing the city's resources uh, with the public engagement side, the project management side, administration, implementation. Wrapping it all in one really does uh, make it the best opportunity to tackle all of these very important topics at once. So, and again, that's a 20% uh, local match uh, with 80% of it being funded by the grant. So we uh, met with city staff and uh, put together uh, what we felt like would be an appropriate scope for uh, this type of multidisciplinary plan. So overall, we think this can be divided into about eight, uh, eight steps with three overarching phases. So I was just going to quickly walk through each of those phases and um, you know, the different discussions that we can have of what that looks like uh, you know, through the scope. So that first phase uh, in approach, uh, we see that in three separate tasks. So we have a discovery task where we uh, set up coordination meetings, we collect data, we'll review past plans such as the 2014 uh, Bicycle Master Plan and other design standards. Uh, we'll come up with a needs list for uh, what recommendations on the policy side would be best to complement, as well as identifying future projects uh, with help from the public. And that kind of goes into the second task on public engagement. Um, I will say the discovery and public engagement tasks are both more ongoing, though they do obviously uh, come up first. We do envision this. Uh, the, the best way to uh, engage with the public on this is through an advisory committee, uh, taking advantage of the city's existing uh, resources, like such as the Youth Council or other committees where you have uh, very active members of the public that can provide some really great insight on these networks. 
so we envision that those two working together with an advisory committee, almost operating as an ambassadors for the plan. We've had great success with that in the past. Um, and then, so then other public engagement events such as uh, appearing at pop-up events uh, or hosting open houses, those are all possibilities uh, within this scope. And then lastly, uh, coming up with goals and priorities for the plan to help steer it in the right direction uh, with recommendations and projects later on. And uh, like I mentioned before, so there, there are multi, you know, lots of different efforts that we can uh, engage with the public. Uh, these are the kinds of questions that we're going to be asking with city staff as we uh, narrow down more on the scope for this plan. But we wanted to present to you guys the discussion topics that are going to be uh, on the board here. So uh, if there are any, uh, you know, targets on, um, you know, who should be targeted or communities that we want to make sure are, their voices are heard throughout this bicycle and pedestrian process. Uh, you know, were there any lessons learned from past efforts and how can we leverage the existing efforts such as the future land use plan and the bicycle and trails plan, excuse me, parks and trails plan. Um, and on the slide here we have on the top, this was a, uh, a public engagement. We did a, a map survey and each of these points that you see on these map, that was, this was from a previous similar project uh, of all the different comments that we got from the public. So that's a, a great example of a type of resource that we use to help engage and gather feedback from the public. And that bottom photo on the side is from our advisory committee. So they have ID badges and you know, T-shirts to identify themselves as you know, part of the project. And it really helps get uh, you know, ambassadors for the plan, which helps spread the word and engage with the community. So then, uh, you know, once we go through that uh, public engagement process, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I think there might have been some skipped slides. I apologize, this might be out of order. We'll cut right to what the desired outcomes would be, however. So there's a lot of different ways that we can summarize all of our recommendations into a final uh, usable. We want to make sure we're setting the city up for grant applications. Um, there's lots of funding out there available now that does require more of this analysis and identification in place. So especially with project identification, that's always going to be a strong component for getting those larger grants in place. So, And then there's also, on, in, you know, where you have the detailed uh, project summary sheets, like as you can see at the top of this slide. There's also the educational or cultural components that help feed into future design. You know, we were talking earlier about roadway design standards and making sure that things are adequately uh, designed for the right context throughout the city. That's the kind of thing that we can also tackle uh, through this process is making sure that we're getting those policy recommendations and, and more educational components in place as well through implementation. And then we can uh, go on to the second phase. So, uh, you know, after we uh, engage with the public and we set goals and priorities, uh, we'll begin the uh, data analysis phase. So this will uh, come in the form of three separate tasks. There's bicycle and pedestrian analysis. We do a separate assessment for safety where we take a look at the city as a whole and the network as a whole where the uh, hotspots are for crashes as well as other safety concerns, making sure that we're uh, covering areas with most severe crashes and the highest need. Um, and then lastly, ADA transition plan, which uh, comes at a lot of uh, different scales of possibilities, but we are looking mostly in the public rights of way for this plan. Um, like I mentioned, the Parks and Trails is covering ADA at their facilities. So how can we complement that with this approach? 
And so as I mentioned before, um, you know, with, with the different scales at both the safety assessment and the ADA transition plans, um, you know, there's, there's educational, but then there's also project level uh, recommendations that we can pull out of this. And this is extremely important for uh, setting up future projects and getting uh, outside funding for those larger transformative projects. So we can help identify those areas and identify what the cost would be. And having that supporting documentation really does help uh, the city when uh, making decisions on large amounts of funds such as this. Uh, ADA transition plans as well, um, you know, federally mandated, extremely important. Um, we want to uh, use the resources and this, this funding opportunity to get one of those in place for the city as it's extremely important in you know, civil rights. Uh, you know, civil rights, safety, all kinds of uh, overarching topics that are extremely important for uh, the residents of Mansfield. So uh, different scales that we can tackle that at. However, uh, you know, what we're trying to hammer here is that doing this all at once with the bicycle and pedestrian um, really gives you guys the most opportunity with the, the low amount of funding that you'd be providing. And then lastly, uh, we move into phase three, which is the action phase. Uh, this is in two separate tasks, but most of the, the work here is in the prioritization and action plans. So this is where we take all the analysis results, all of the data we collected, uh, we'll put it into a prioritization criteria. We'll be able to overlay all of these data layers, such as safety, demographics, risk. There's the uh, public engagement element, as well as other factors, such as, um, you know, future developments that are coming in and other opportunities. Uh, so where does the city start? That can be sometimes the hardest place to uh, identify projects from. So that would be where we would take that list of projects, we would screen them down into the, the top projects from this plan and be able to put them in a prioritized list uh, and, and cost those projects as well out for you guys to get more detail. And then lastly, uh, putting together a final report, obviously, so that we can present all of this to the public and um, make sure that you guys are set up in a way that is uh, easily implementable, as well as uh, setting you guys up for future success on these project implementation. And you know, with that, with the final report, um, you know, standard practice these days is you know you get a PDF, upload it online, make it accessible to the public, but what are some other ways that we can be setting up city staff for better decision making, as well as making this more accessible to the public? So uh, the city does already uh, use ArcGIS story maps to communicate ongoing projects. I think this is a great opportunity to util continue utilizing that tool uh, to communicate what uh, future projects are recommended uh, throughout the plan in the different chapters. Um, we also have built data dashboards for our clients in the past. Uh, this, especially with ADA transition plans, is extremely useful to uh, not just communicate with the public, but also provide uh, a dashboard for city staff to use and to track the status of current projects and be able to um, pull, pull decisions quickly instead of you know, taking the time to have to dig through things that um, aren't as user-friendly. So having these data dashboards is an extremely powerful tool, both on the, the public side and on the city staff side. These are all options that uh, we are considering for uh, the final report stage of this uh, ATSP. And so with that, uh, just wanted to uh, go through a high level overview of the timeline for this grant application. 
Um, so like Bart mentioned earlier, uh, end of January is the preliminary application deadline. If that application uh, is accepted, then we, you would be moving on to the detailed application phase, which would begin in June, um, with final award happening in October of next year. So what we're looking for is, uh, you know, in January, there will be a resolution on agenda here at Council. Um, for the full application, um, our goal is to uh, have that resolution passed so that we can submit an application for this ATSP. Um, and so with that, I will open it up to any questions from Council. That's good, thank you. All right, on my right. Go ahead, Mr. Bronx, quick one. Uh, is, is it the, the grant capped at 100,000? Um, it's actually, so the minimum award amount is 100,000. That's so the minimum. Yes. That's so the all time. Yes. <laughs> TxDOT is definitely looking for, they're looking for larger scale plans. They specifically in their workshops have called out examples of safety action plans as well as ADA transition plans. So this is the kind of scale that they are looking for and it's okay. minimum 100,000. All right, on my left. I think Mr. Van Amberg asked for, you know, if there were scope or things that we would want included coming into the January meeting. And I, I think you're, this is phenomenal. It is. It's absolutely needed. And I would say, as you're, I mean, we're asking for a grant in, to help build the plan so that we can fund things. So go big and talk about like transformational programming in, in Mansfield and what that could look like. Um, just when we went to DC last year, we sat down, we met, and they were talking about ARP funds and all of the different uses, and there was this infrastructure bill. We, we talked about, like, we have a bridge that needs funding. It's in no plan, it's in no funding plan for the city, but we have kids that cannot walk to school unless they mm -hmm. cross a two-lane bridge. There's no path to it, um, and had we had a a plan like what yeah. you've just talked about, mm -hmm. we could have applied quickly, gone through, and they would have said, that's the identified project, we would mm -hmm. love to be part of that. But at, at the point of talking to congressmen in DC, it was like, eh, send me something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like there was nothing we could actually take action on quickly to go get grant funds. And so I think, especially if you can get a, an 80% grant to help you fund your plan for mm -hmm. it, we'd make that money back a thousand percent over with one project mm -hmm. on, on a grant. Um, to come in. So absolutely. Um, I think this is absolutely necessary and whatever, um, I mean, detailed as, as far as scope that we can do. Um, there are 36 schools in Mansfield ISD that are in Mansfield city limits. And like as we would, as part of your, like your investigatory, like what are stages, I, I would think we would want to talk to the principals of those schools that could then work with the parents of those schools to see like what are the actual challenges that you have getting your for your kids to be able to walk or, or bike safely to school. Um, because while our city staff is great, not all of them live here. They're not going to those schools. They're not seeing what the parents are experiencing or why the parents won't let their kids walk to school. Mm -hmm. um, having all of having that on the ground information as part of your feedback piece, mm -hmm. I think is super important. Absolutely. And so if in your proposal um, for whatever it's going in, I think it is the safe walks to school and having feedback coming from those parents is probably a pretty crucial part of that. Absolutely, and I, I will say anecdotally as well, the, um, 
uh, walk or back to school day uh, would coincide nicely with our public engagement. If, if the funding comes in in October, that's around November that that day happens, it'd be a great opportunity to kick off this kind of plan and get lots of great feedback from right. specifically that community. So yeah, the timing works out extremely well. Outstanding. All right. Bart, y'all did, did an outstanding job. Thank, Thank you, you in regard to the presentation. I would like to make one other comment. Yes, I, yes. I appreciate Councilmember Lewis saying go big. These aren't cheap. That's right. So when we do a resolution in January, I mean, this plan's gonna be hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we're only paying 20% of that. Right. And we're gonna get out of this a living document that carries us into the next decade or more. Yes. We can update it every five years for a fraction of the cost. But having the opportunity to get 80% federal funding now to put a plan in place, and that is exactly the project that I've got in my mind is that Seton Road Bridge. I mean, we have seen three or four areas where we could possibly be eligible for a project application, but we need to be farther along. And, and, and while much, we're working, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. How much is the Seton Road Bridge if you were throwing a dart? We're thinking that pedestrian only is between five and 10 million if we choose to do the roadway lanes in addition to multi-use pathways, you're probably in the $20 million range. So and the whole roadway could be eligible for some of these grants, right. not just the pedestrian. So a $300,000 walking plan that we pay $60,000 of <laughs> returns itself in one grant. That's and right. we'll, we'll get an inventory of all of our ramps and sidewalks and you know the how they're gauged from a compliance standpoint. So. Please don't be surprised when you see a very large number in January, but know that it's only 20% our responsibility if we get this thing approved. It's an outstanding. It's a good job. <clears throat> all right, great job. Thank you all. All right. Item three, we will skip. We do not have any more business in executive session. Item four, we won't be reconvening. Uh, item five again is citizens comments wishing to citizens wishing to address the council on non-public hearing agenda items and items not on the agenda you may do so at this time due to the regulations of the texas open meetings act please do not expect a response from the council as we are not able to do so this will be your only opportunity to speak unless you are speaking on a scheduled public hearing uh, item uh, after the close of the uh, citizens comments portion of the meeting only comments related to public hearings will be heard. All comments are limited to five minutes. In order to be recognized by citizen comments or during a public hearing, applicants included, please complete a blue or yellow card located at the entrance of the chambers and present in the, uh, and presented to the assistant uh, city secretary seated on my right, your left. As a reminder, this will be your only opportunity to speak unless you are speaking on a scheduled public hearing item. Council may not respond due to regulations of the Texas Open Meetings Act. Kira, I don't believe we have any cards, ma'am. All right, thank you very much. I move to item number six, council announcements. Mr. Lehman, Ms. Short, Ms. Lewis, all right. Ms. Bounds, Ms. Brosh, Mr. Evans, none. All right, seven, staff comments. Mr. Smolinski, all right, thank you very much. All right, we move uh, now to um, item number eight, and there is no action no more action to take pursuant to executive session no because we didn't have it all right item number nine public hearing item 22-5108 
this ordinance, a public hearing, an ordinance of the City Council of the City of Mansfield, Texas, designating a geographic area within the city as a tax increment reinvestment zone, pursuant to Chapter 311 of the Texas Tax Code, to be known as reinvestment zone number four. City of Mansfield, Texas, describing the boundaries of the zone, creating a, a board of directors for the zone and appointing members of the board, establishing a tax increment uh, fund for the zone, containing findings related to the uh, creation of the zone, providing a date for the termination of the zone, providing that the zone take effective immediately, immediately uh, upon uh, passage of the ordinance, providing a severability cause uh, and providing an effective uh, date, Mr. Jones. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, City Council. Sure. Uh, this is a public hearing to create a tax in increment reinvestment zone number four uh, for Harvest Point. It's located at 360 and Lone Star, uh, just south of Big League Dreams. Uh, so it is in the city limits. It's, uh, it's for a mixed-use project. Uh, there are multiple developers involved in this project, multiple projects that are contemplated within the preliminary project and financing plan. Uh, it's about 359 acres, and it also includes um, an immense amount of open space within the development. Uh, but Kirk McDaniel from P3 Works, who helped us prepare the preliminary project plan, the finance plan, uh, and the creation ordinances is here. And I'm gonna turn it over to him at this point. He'll briefly walk you through some uh, slides. Right, thank you. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Thank you for your time tonight. Good evening. Yes, sir. Um, well, Matt did a great job of introing this project, and so I'm just going to provide a few highlights of the project and finance plan. Um, this is preliminary, so ultimately we would bring back a final project and finance plan. There we go. <laughs> um, ultimately, we would bring back a final project and finance plan, which would fully detail all of the obligations related to the tax, tax increment reinvestment zone. So first off, we wanted to show you a picture of the proposed land uses for this. So you can see there's the red on the north side is the commercial, then there's multifamily on the southwest side, and on the southeast side is a single family area. Um, this is long-term future land uses, so it would be built out over several different years. Um, we estimate within the project and finance plan that over the 40-year life of the TERS, there would be almost $4 billion in new taxable value added. Um, you can see that it rises on the same schedule here in our excuse me in our feasibility study um, that's included within the plan we include three percent value increases um, each year with two years of no growth every decade to simulate economic downturns so we try to keep it very conservative um, very likely you'll see value increases much higher than three percent um, but we try and keep it conservative and that's why you can see it level off and plateau for a couple of years uh, on the graph then on this next slide, the feasibility study. So uh, the city staff has recommended to the city council a tiered participation rate for the city. And so for the first 10 years of the life of the zone, city, the city council would, or the city would participate at 75%, then it would drop to 50%, and then it would drop to 35% for the last 20 years of the zone. So the gold is what on the graph before you is what the city would retain. So it's a smaller amount of dollars early on, um, but that makes a lot of sense because you're investing those public dollars into the TERS fund uh, to fund those 
specific public projects. And then later on, as that value has been established, you're able to retain more of the dollars, but there's still a great increment amount uh, available for those public projects. One of the powerful things about a TERS tool is that other taxing entities can also participate in them. And so we have had preliminary discussions with Tarrant County, um, who advised us that they would participate uh, likely for a maximum of 30 years. And over that 30-year time frame, it would be about $18.6 million. Um, it's the anticipation of city staff to also reach out to Ellis County and request their participation in the TERS as well. Um, and as the assumption within the feasibility study is that it would be for 50% for 40 years, which would be about $96 million if they agreed to participate. And those are additional conversations city staff and us will continue to have with the counties in 2023. As for the city, with that tiered participation rate that I mentioned over the 40 years, that'd be uh, right around $250 million based on the current tax rate. Uh, city staff did a great job of putting together a strong list of specific project costs uh, to be financed from the zone. So uh, it's a very strong list. There's a lot of different projects available to be funded. To be clear, being included in this list makes them eligible for TERS funding, but it does not obligate the city in any way to fund these projects. It just makes it eligible. And so it's very likely that several of these projects may be funded uh, through a combination of financing tools um, or other special districts as recommended. And so if city council has any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Um, just to recap, the item before you now would be an ordinance that would formally create the zone. And so that would establish the specific boundary. It appoints a board of directors, which in this case would be the city council, and it establishes the term of the zone. All of these things are amendable later on, so you're not locking yourself into anything. But by, excuse me, by creating it today, you're able to lock in the base taxable value with the 2022 taxable values. That's good. All right, on my right, are there any questions of what you've heard? Ms. Bounds? I have one. On the 75, 50, 35, what is the time frames on those? It's 10 years for the 75%, and then 10 years for the 50%, and then 20 years for the last 35%. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Just my left, Mr. Lewis. i make a comment to commend staff for um, thinking through what opportunities we have to be able to provide long-term sustainability and tax relief to people that live in Mansfield. When we look inside of this TERS, it's got a $4 billion taxable value. Do you know what our current city taxable value is in Mansfield? I, I do not. $9 billion, Troy, roughly? And so this 300-some-odd acres will have, it, if it develops the way it's intended with the project plan, will be developed at 40% of what our city's overall taxable value is. Um, so when we talk about even at 25% for the first 10 years out of that, um, and the way that it's scaled is designed to go get as much of that taxable value on the ground as fast as possible so that we can start generating tax revenue uh, that then comes to the city. And even at 25% of that, that's offsetting almost two cents of our tax rate. And then, you know, a decade from now, if you get where it wants, I mean, it starts adding up very quickly. 
Um, so I'm excited about the plan um, and the projects that are in it. So just wanted to commend staff for thinking through and uh, this has been a multi-year project of, of getting to this point. So good work. All right, anyone else? Okay, hearing none, seeing none, I'll open the public hearing at 9.11 p.m. Do we have any cards, ma'am? All right, I will close the public hearing at 9.11 p.m. and I will call for a motion. Motion to approve. Second. Thank you, Ms. Bounds. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Questions, hearing none, please cast your vote. All right, item carry six zero. All right, item 10, public hearing, continuation, and second and final reading. Item 22-5043, <clears throat> excuse me, public hearing, continuation, second and final reading on an ordinance approving a zoning change from C2 Community Business District to PD Plan Development District with limited I-1 light industrial use on approximately 9.94 acres out of the William Lynn survey. Abstract number 984, Tarrant County, Texas, located at 2351, 2361, 2371, 2381, 2391, nor the U.S. 287, City of Mansfield, and Mr. Alexander. Thank you, Honorable Mayor. Sir. At the last meeting, staff requested that the city initiated application be withdrawn. The recommendation remains the same from staff. Thank you. All right, saying that that last meeting, meeting uh, took place a few minutes ago, are there any uh, changes in regard to uh, comments that anyone might have? All right. All right, I will open the public hearing at 9.12 p.m. We don't have any cards. I will close the public hearing at 9.12 p.m., and I will call for a motion. Oh, happy day, that's right. All right. It's a great day. Happy to be alive. All right, good deal. All right, we will keep on moving. Item 22-5045, public hearing, continuation, second and final reading on an ordinance approving a zoning change from PR, pre-development district, to a PD planned development. You're so kind. Thank you. Development the district for single family residential uses on approximately 4.997 acres. Out of the uh, Ray Grieva survey, abstract number 1307, Tarrant County, Texas, located at 2005 North Holland, uh, Chandler Development uh, Developer, Mr. Alexander. Thank you, Honorable Mayor. This item came before the City Council on November 14th. It is, again, a PD plan development district as requested zoning for the construction of 12 estate lots on a minimum of 12,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. The city council approved this request on the first hearing and reading on November 14th. There are no changes. Staff also recommends approval. Staff is available to answer any questions city council may have. All right. Thank you very much. To my right, are there any questions? Left. All right, hearing none. 
I will continue the public hearing at 9.14 uh, p.m. Do we have any cards, ma'am? No cards. I will close the public hearing at 9.14 p.m. and I will call for a motion. Move to approve. Thank you, Mr. Brock. Second. Thank you, Ms. Short. All right, questions, hearing none, please cast your votes. And that item carries six zero. All right, item 11, new business resolution of the city of Mansfield, Texas, approving an economic development agreement between the city of Mansfield, the Mansfield Economic Development Corporation and Crystal Window and Door System authorizing the city manager and MEDC president to execute said agreement and providing an effective date, Mr. Moore. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Yes, sir. This item is where I, we're requesting that you take no action um, as we're still working through the, the finalization of the agreement and pursuant to the discussion executive session. All right. And I would ask, I would ask that you table this until, officially table it until the next regular meeting. Okay. All right, so I need a motion then to take. Motion to table until the next regularly scheduled city council meeting. Second. Thank you, Ms. Short. Second. Mr. Lewis, okay, okay. No, it's not Mr. Thomas Moore. All right, it's balanced. All right, questions, hearing none, please cast your vote. And we tabled it, the item carries six, zero. All right, item 22-5102. A discussion possible action to increase base standards for zoning district I-1, I-2, C-1, C-2, C-3, uh, OP, MF-1, MF-2, adding certain uses in existing zoning districts to the requirements for specific use permits and placing a moratorium on certain uses within the existing uh, zoning uh, districts. All right, presenters, Mr. Lewis, myself, Todd and Tamara. Mr. Lewis. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, and thank you to my colleagues for supporting putting this item on the agenda tonight. Um, I don't expect any action or there's no specifics for this evening, but we did want to uh, get consensus and maybe some direction to staff to uh, come up with over the next couple of meetings, uh, maybe through a work session or something, um, to address some development uh, concerns in these districts. Nothing related to the uses specifically, but more so as we look at we're, we're approving a future land use plan um, coming up and we have minimal large tracts of land that are currently available, but most properties in Mansfield have some zoning entitlement. Um, and so we want to ensure that the zoning entitlement, if something were to build under their base zoning standards, that um, things like traffic circulation, um, you know, egress, egress, setbacks, all of those type of things would comply with what we're intending for our future land use plan. Um, there have been some instances here recently, especially on thoroughfares or places within the reserve that have base zoning standards that then what was constructed would go against or not follow the same type of standards that all of the adjacent properties would be and it would kill mobility, it would kill the ability for um, how we want roads to interconnect sidewalks and all of the things that, that we're looking towards. So uh, this is just a general, hey, can you all look into this and come up with some recommendations for us um, to how we can increase those standards or 
maybe not even increase, just make sure that um, if something between now and the next two or so years before we can get some of these things updated through the land use plan that we don't have land developed in a way that wouldn't, that would go against our ultimate objectives. Um, the, the specific ones would be thoroughfares in, in any kind of development that falls into these that are on our thoroughfare plans. Um, and then any moratorium of certain uses uh, like ER, dock in the box clinics and things like that. Um, if there are any legalities or things that we can do to slow those or, or prevent them uh, as necessary, that staff could maybe come up with some recommendations for that. So I would just ask for uh, council consensus to give that direction to staff and then um, ultimately let them come back. And if you have anything specific outside of what I've mentioned, now would probably be a good chance for them to hear that. All right, and just noting that um, the full council uh, supported uh, this this item and this discussion. I believe that we we're sharing our consensus in that regard. So this will be an item I'm sure that will come back to us as we continue to work on that future land use plan. As as we saw tonight, uh, the need for that land use plan, and we know that it is underway. So that's good. All right, so there's no action that needs to be taken on this particular item. I appreciate that it came up. All right. All right. We move now to item number 12. Motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. Mr. Lewis, Ms. Bounds. All right. And any questions? No, there are none. Okay. All right. Tamara doesn't want to leave, I see. Tamara, would you vote for this? <laughs> All right. I care it's six zero and we adjourn at nine twenty PM. All right. Y'all have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays and everything.